You're listening to the One Pridecast. Hello and welcome to another episode of the One Pridecast. I'm your host, Tori Petrie. Guys, we are in the thick of the offseason now for the Lions. I talked to you last week about kind of how the podcast changes once we get into offseason mode. No longer is it Lomas and I sitting down and talking about life and road trips and uh, food and all kinds of stuff. It changes a little bit, and we will have a lot more interviews, a little bit more of a rotation on the podcast in the offseason. So there's plenty more to come. But in case you missed last week, I highly encourage you to go back and listen to it because we are going through uh, recaps of the offense, defense, special teams, and rookies. Like I mentioned last week, these are actually audio clips stripped from videos that are on DetroitLions.com. You can go and watch the video versions of those there, but we decided to put them in podcast form for you guys as well. Maybe you don't have the time to sit down and watch an entire video recap of uh, the special teams or of every single rookie that played on the field this year. Uh, Those are a little bit longer videos to consume, and now you can just flip this on while you are driving or working out or wherever you listen to your podcast. So uh, this is uh, stripped from a video on DetroitLines.com. If you want to go watch the full video, you can watch them there. But the podcast versions are actually a little bit longer than what is on DetroitLines.com because we got to cut it down for video viewerships. But here on the podcast, you know, we're giving it to you in full. So this is myself, Tim Twentyman, and Mike O'Hara sitting down and breaking down uh, everything that there is to know about special teams and rookies. Last week, we gave you uh, the clips of us talking about the offense and the defense, and we went in-depth on those ones, guys. We talked a lot about those two phases of the game, but Special teams deserves its due as well, so we are going to get to that. And then, of course, looking back at how all of the rookies played this last year. So much to talk about. Of course, the Lions have the number three pick, and next week they are going to be coaching in the Senior Bowl down in Mobile, Alabama. And uh, Tim Twentyman and myself will be down there, as well as some other people from our staff in terms of social media and video, because the Lions are coaching the Senior Bowl this year, which is totally new. I've been to the Senior Bowl for five years now, and this is the first time I will be covering it where the Lions are coaching it. So it should be a different perspective. Uh, hopefully, you know, we get to give you guys a little bit of a different look on the Senior Bowl, and we will talk much more about that. Of course, I encourage you to go to DetroitLions.com and keep up with our coverage on that on a day-to-day basis as we are in Mobile because there will be so much going on, especially with the Lions coaching this year. I'm looking forward to seeing how that makes things a little bit different. But before we get to all of our Senior Bowl coverage, we are still looking back on the 2019 season. Uh, So again, if you did not listen to last week, I highly encourage you to go back, listen to it, listen to us talk about offense, defense, and today we will dive into special teams and rookies. You will hear us talk about special teams, hear a little bit of a commercial, and then we will dive in to the rookies. All right, guys, here's those chats. Show your Lions pride by going authentic with gear from shop.detroitlions.com. For a vast selection of T-shirts, hats, jerseys, and novelties with convenient flat rate shipping right to your doorstep, visit shop.detroitlions.com, your 24-7 home for Lions gear. Guys, the Lions made some changes on special teams after the season ended. Matt Patricia released a statement saying he had parted ways with a few different coaches on staff. One of those was special teams coordinator John Bonamago, who had been here uh, previously under the uh, coaching staff prior to this one, uh, spent some time away, and then came back this last season 
uh, but the Lions were inconsistent on special teams and, and they made some changes because of it. Well, they're also inconsistent in coordinators too because this will be the fourth special teams coordinator in three years, not four and four years, but four and three years with Joe Marciano, Casey Fitzsimmons after Joe was let go, John, and then now whoever does the job. Look, I think you're inheriting four really good specialists, good punter in Sam Martin if he's back, terrific, best, the best long distance kicker I've ever seen in my years covering the foot, and Matt Prater, Don Muehlbach, death taxes and Muehlbach and a good return man, and Jamal Agnew. So build from there, but I think those four are terrific. If you get a punter as good as Sam or it's Sam, you're set with those four. Well, I think you got a couple of guys that can cover as well. Sure. I think Miles Killebrew has been a core special teamer here for a couple of years. He finished second in the NFL with 15 special teams tackles. Jalen Rees-Maben, I'd put up there too as a good cover guy. But you talked about the inconsistencies, and that was that. And I think penalties were probably the biggest thing, especially early on, that just killed special teams. It seemed every punt return for yeah. every punt every kickoff return there was some kind of block in the back there was some kind of penalty that just put them in terrible situations down the distance wise and um it's just it, it was it was really really inconsistent and then you go over to the washington game your defense doesn't allow a touchdown and you lose the game because you allow a 91 yard kickoff return on a fumble on a fumble yeah. you know so it was just some of those inconsistencies that really just cost them all year well you have those those inconsistencies those bad plays but you also had some really good ones with uh, Jamal Agnew and the returns that he had so when we say inconsistencies we really mean every aspect of that from the tough plays to some really good ones as well yeah I thought it was good for Jamal to kind of bounce back I think he returned to that kind of uh, all pro level we saw when he was a rookie he returned a punt for a touchdown returned a kickoff for a touchdown this year um, was really good in that regard and like Mike talked about with Prater. Um, I think he's second now all time past Jason Hansen in week 17 in terms of 50 yard field goals. And he kicked that 56 yarder. That would have been good from 65, I think. I mean, he's just that good. It just sounds different when he kicks it. It, it does. It, it makes yeah. a different noise. It's like a poof. Like he's damaging the football <laughs> when he kicks it. But yeah, he, you know, he's good. And, and I thought Sam bounced back a little bit. Um, he didn't reach the levels that we saw early in his career. Um, but both his net punting average and his punting average were better than they were last year. And so he's a free agent, so they have to decide what to do there. But I, I agree with Mike. You've got some good pieces on special teams that you can build on. And he's a good holder, too. That's, don't, don't forget that. Too. Very good. I, yeah. I, think, I think there's a real trust level there with him and him and Prater and Mules. I mean, I don't know exactly what, how much they have to, you know, the way the, the way the special teams has changed in the last two or three years, with, it's, it's more of a speed game. You don't see the defensive tackles in the wedge anymore. You know, uh, running backs or the return men following them. It's just it's, it's it's a completely speed game, and how they add to it, what they don't add to it, I don't know. But but consistency, like you guys have said, and eliminate the penalties. I mean, God, they, they were wearing out the officials running back picking up their flags. You know, <laughs> the officials were calling timeout to catch their breath. You just can't have that. You can't have like a, a 50 yard change in field position because somebody had a flag. Well, those main parts of special teams, like you guys mentioned, the kicker, punter, long snapper, those three specialists have been so consistent uh, for the Lions. Those three guys have been good, and, and it would be wild to see uh, that group change at all next year, uh, you know, because they have been so consistent. You mentioned uh, Sam Martin and what happens with him, but, uh, you know, I think the bigger issue for the Lions was more so on coverage uh, and there were, that was where their struggles were with penalties and, and with inconsistencies in terms of some really good returns, but then uh, some, some tough plays allowed as well. Well, and Mike alluded to it. It's a different game now. You know, the way they position the, the, the blockers um, to more toward the line of scrimmage, you can't, 
get back, there's a large amount of space between the two levels of blockers and the return guys. And it's a it's a speed and space game now in special teams. You're seeing linebackers, safeties, corners. Those are the guys that are on special teams now, not so much the tight ends and the defensive and offensive linemen that Mike alluded to that used to be on that. And so I think it's really easy when you get guys that are, you know, six foot two, 225, 230 pounds who are running four threes and four fours. I think that's hard to block. And so you can get into a situation where you get beat. Now you think you have to make a play and you make a bad decision. I think it's just the decision making um, and then finding guys that play really, really well in speed and space. I think that'll solve a lot of the, the inconsistencies and a lot of the penalty problems they have. Yeah, and just the pure athletes you have on special teams. Now, I remember they used to call them hamburger squads and bomb squads. None of that anymore. I mean, these are, these are elite elite athletes on those, on those on those units. Not that the other guys weren't, but in just in a different way. They were, you know, bench pressers. And, and those guys lifters. are harder to block. And they're harder to block, exactly. And so that's why I think you see an uptick now in penalties and special teams. Guys just have to be really, really disciplined. If you're beat, you're beat. Don't compound the problem by getting a penalty. Now you're beat, tackled, and you're going backwards on top of it. And I think that was part of the problem this year. Just, hey, you're going to lose some. That's the NFL. You win some, you're going to lose some. When you lose some, just don't compound the problem. Show your Lions pride by going authentic with gear from shop.detroitlions.com. For a vast selection of t-shirts, hats, jerseys, and novelties with convenient flat rate shipping right to your doorstep, visit shop.detroitlions.com, your 24-7 home for Lions gear. Now we are going to take a look back at the rookies' performance in 2019. It's something we spend so much time on in the offseason discussing, and now that the 2019 season, their rookie season is over with, let's take a look back at how they performed in their first year in the league. Obviously, it has to start with TJ Hawkinson. We talked a lot about him in our offensive review because it's really impossible to discuss uh, the Lions' offense this year without also including uh, the tight end position, and he was a big part of that. So uh, let's just take a brief moment to look back and, and see what we thought of TJ Hawkinson in his rookie season. Well, well, when you saw him in training camp, and I'm sure you, I think you guys will agree with it, the, the plays he made in training camp and, and preseason, all that, or the little bit of the preseason he played were great. And when he broke out with that big game against Arizona, I thought, that's him. Week two, where'd he go? You know, it just, it, it leveled out really quickly. And I think he had maybe one third of his receiving yards all in one game, but it's a tough league. It really is. It's a tough, tough league. And defenses and defensive coordinators and players, they'll identify you like that. And I think they did that with him. Well, and it's a tough league for rookie tight ends, sure. too. I think you look across the board, even some of the elite guys that are out there, go back and look at their rookie seasons. We talked about that when we did the offensive series, too. And TJ's numbers are right in line with a lot of those guys. And so, and I think TJ's not just a one-trick pony, either. I think, you know, TJ's a guy that'll get in there and, and get dirty in the run game. He'll pass block. Obviously, he'll be a pass catcher, and so you know, I think he's a, a dual threat tight end. Where some of these guys maybe are receiving specialists or, or, or you know, some of those you know different skill sets. But he's going to be fine. He's going to be a good player for a long, long time. You know, like I said, that position is so hard for rookies. They're learning essentially three positions. You know, all the pass protections, all the run blocks, everything. They just have to learn everything, and so it's really, really difficult. Don't worry about TJ. Well, I'll give you the Michael here, our relativity, relativity index. Uh -oh. Is that a thing? No, it is now. I just oh, thought okay. of it. But if, TJ, but if TJ would have had six catches for 131 yards in the fourth game, man, he's coming on. He had it in the first game. So there's a, there's a little different way you view him because he did it coming right out of the gate. Fair enough. Well, let's take a look at the Lions' 
second round draft pick Jelani Tavai. He was thrust into a lot bigger role this year because of some of the injuries, particularly with Jared Davis. Uh, he stepped in there and was a really big part of this defense this year. I thought he did fine. I thought he did fine for a rookie linebacker trying to learn the game. And look, he didn't play big time football at Hawaii either. So I think, you know, the speed of the game, um, you know, some of the guys he was going against. But look, he flashed. You saw, I think, week one, he had a sack. I think, you know, it was the San Diego game where he had the key force fumble at the one-yard line to help them win that game. Um, you know, so I think he, he, he made plays. He had the interception late in the year. And so you look at the tackles, sacks, interceptions, force fumble, all those kind of things that you want. You want guys that can make plays, that can be difference makers in games. Now, it wasn't consistent throughout the year like we've seen with maybe some other guys, but he showed flashes. And when you're talking about a rookie linebacker, I think that's what you want. You want to see those flashes. The biggest jump guys make in, in development is from year one to year two. And I think Jelani showed enough in year one to think, okay, you know, he's going to have an entire offseason now. He made those kind of plays. He got his hands on footballs. He made difference-making plays that you got to think there's going to be more in line in year two. You know, Tim, I think right from the start of the offseason program, when we saw him out there with the number one unit, we thought, is this real? You know, Jelani Tavai? Well, it was real. And, and you look at the, the statistics he had, they were right in line with guys who got more publicity than he did. Because you don't see rookie inside linebackers get a couple of sacks and, a, and an interception and all that. He was fine, and I think this, although he didn't end up the season on injured reserve, he had 15 games, so he had plenty of plenty of experience as a rookie. It's not like he got hurt in week one. No, he's going to be a big yep, part of their gonna defense. He's going to be a big, big, big part of their defense going forward because, like you said, he got a ton of great experience, and he did something with it, and I think that's a good sign for the Lions. And he has a certain awareness about him, too. He knows where he fits in. Very mature individual, yeah. Well, another player who found themselves in a lot bigger role than maybe we thought they would be uh, going into the season was Will Harris. The Lions traded away Quandre Diggs. Tracy Walker was expected to step up and be that leader role there. And then right after Quandre Diggs is traded, Tracy Walker gets injured. So Will Harris really has to step into a huge role at safety. What did you think of the job that he did? Well, I think it was asking a lot of them. You know, whenever a rookie steps into a major role, um, it's always tough, but I think it was just his skill set that he showed. You, Mike talked about Jelani Tavai in training camp, but I think some of the things that Will Harris showed in training camp, I think, showed up too. And just in terms of he's a four-three guy with size, you know, I think that size, speed, some of those things. I think they just wanted to get him on the field. They wanted to get some packages um, with him involved in the game. And I think you saw late in the year, week 17, the sack. You saw that kind of speed and burst and skill that he has when he sacked Aaron Rodgers. Those are some of the things I think he brings to the table. And so, again, he's got to develop. He's got to get a lot better, and especially in terms of coverage-wise and not letting guys get behind him and just being aware of, of your technique and, and things of that nature. But he'll get better, like we talked about. Guys take a big step year one to two. But I think next year he's going to be a guy that they ask a lot of alongside Tracy Walker. Yeah, and, you know, they play a lot of a lot of safeties, too, Devon Wilson and Tracy Walker and, and, uh, and Diggs before he was traded. And then Harris, so you're, you're going to get playing time if you're any good, if you've got something. And, and he got that. I think like with all these rookies, though, the best thing that can happen to them is for the season to end. And they go, take a deep breath, decompress, and then come back and learn. You know, you're not caught up in learning something every single week. You get a chance to process it and redevelop it. Well, and the interesting thing, too, with the offseason, too, is now you're not running around training for the 40-yard dash. Correct. <laughs> training for the combine. All right. I mean, you're going back and watching NFL film. You're seeing, you know, that, that you can just take such a huge leap in year two because of you're actually learning off game film and you can you know, dedicate time to, you know, getting your body better. And so it's just, 
everything that comes with an off-season year two in the NFL is, is just such a huge benefit for rookies. I think I might work a little bit on my vertical jump, though. I really, I'd like to get it up to 10 <laughs> inches. I'd love to see that. I would love to see that. Off-season content this year. Be right here March 1st, okay? <laughs> okay, Bench I'm going to hold you Bench to press, that. Maybe, no. You want to borrow one of these pencils? No, it's my arm, okay. <laughs> All right, back to the rookies here. In the fifth round, the Lions picked up. Amani Oruwarie, uh, he also stepped in and, and played a good bit this year because of injuries. I mean, we could really say that about all of the rookies. Uh, but, you know, he had some good moments himself. Well, he had two interceptions, one, yeah. in, one of them in the last game against the, the fading Aaron Rodgers. He's all the way up to four interceptions a year now. My God, he's falling apart. But, look, I think the same thing with, uh, with Will Harris. I think they have a premium on size here in the secondary. If all things are equal, you want the bigger guy. And look, this is a kid who's 6'2", 207 pounds, and he can move. And so I think, he, I think he's fat alone. He's got some length. He's got some speed. He's got some experience. Ups and downs. Showed yeah, some sure. good things. Got beat a couple times, but had the interceptions. I think he, like most rookie cornerbacks, every rookie cornerback, unless you're Marshawn Lattimore or Ward or some of those guys that just came in and, and were, you know, Pro Bowl-type players as a rookie, those guys are hard to find. I think most rookie cornerbacks are going to come in. They're going to take some lumps, but he showed he can make some plays too. And I agree with Mike. He's a big kid. When you talk to him and stand next to him in the locker room, I guess I didn't even realize just how big he is. I mean, he's built like a safety too. It's not like he's 6'2 and lean. No. He's a big, big guy. And so um, he can run. And, and I think it was a good sign that he showed the ability to get his hands on the football and make some plays. And I think he's another guy that, that this defense probably has some big plans for heading into 2020. Right there. And, out, and unlike any other position, I think, in the secondary, at cornerback, you're lining up against a player who has the advantage on you every single snap always has the advantage. You've got to find a way to negate it. We talked about the run game in our offense video. Ty Johnson uh, became a, a decent part of this run game this year. He fits into a room that now has Carrion Johnson and Bo Scarborough. What does he bring to the running back room? Well, he brings some speed. Um, you know, you saw that in training camp. And I think the awareness maybe um, needs to be, needs to develop a little bit. I think he's a guy where it's like, the, the run goes to the B gap, he goes to the B gap. You know, whereas carry on, it's a little bit different. I think he's got to become a little bit more instinctual as a runner, but the skill set's there. I mean, you see it when he gets into the open field, he's fast, he's a burner. I think you, you know, Darius Slay and Ty Johnson, and you could have a nice little 40 there and decide who's the fastest guy on this team, but it's straight line speed to me. And so I think maybe develop some of the quick, some of the lateral, the jump cuts, some of the things you do really good runners, when something's not there, you can instinctually stop on a dime, make another cut, and then get into that second gear which he has right away, right away, right away. Um, I think I didn't see that enough with Ty, but I think the skill set's there, and again, he'll develop going into year two. Yeah, and I think, first of all, I think Darius just texted in and said I'm the fastest, but, <laughs> but I think with, with Ty Johnson, you've got to get some developed confidence. I really do. You've got to, you've got to believe what you see, and, and I think that's gets into his second year. He'll look at what he did and what he didn't do and say, okay, I, I saw it. I just didn't do it. But what a great 40-yard run there in the last yeah. game, right before the half set up a yeah. field goal. I think that's what you get in time. Yeah. I think he can be a big-time playmaking guy because of that speed. I think you just have to build some consistency with him. And one thing about him, or two things, really, one was he's bigger than I thought he was. When I just heard about all that speed he had. His thighs. Yeah, I think big. I can put two really? of my thighs together and they're as big as one of his. He's got some big, yeah. Let me try walking that way. <laughs> and, and the other thing is, I, I think he had better hands as a receiver. I didn't think he'd be that good out of the backfield. I didn't want to run a lot of routes, but with what they threw, he caught. Yep. Before we close out here, we'll touch on some players uh, who didn't see as much of the field 
in 2019 out of that rookie class. Austin Bryant spent so much of the season on IR. Travis Fulgham, Isaac Nauta some time on the practice squad. And then Bo Binshaw as well uh, was asked to step in late in the season. Bo, Bo, I think Bo played predominantly on, on, uh, on special teams when he finally... He, look, here was a kid who some people rated as a first-round prospect. Obviously, he wasn't, but that's just the way it came out of Wisconsin. And I think he's got a future. Even he said, just talk to him briefly. Somebody eats steaks this offseason because he wants to get bigger. And, and look, the kid knows what's on the line. You want to make a living in the National Football League, you got to do what it takes. And I'm, I'm sure he'll do that. Well, and depending on what happens with Graham Glasgow in free agency, he might have a chance to. He might sure. come into the season. Well, I think he'll be on the roster. Yeah, he might yeah. come in the season and having a chance to play in year two. And so, yeah, it's the physical development with him. Um, I think Isaac Nata showed some versatility there. Um, he played some fullback some and, and the ability to do a couple different things. And then Austin Bryant, it was just kind of a lost year for him. You know, unfortunately, he had the injury. And then I he, think he played like 50 snaps the last game or something yeah. like that. But he's just tall. He's lean. He's, look, he's, he, he fits the profile for what they want. Now, the profile has to be in action. Yeah, now it just, it's, it's about getting experience for him. And I was kidding about Anthony Pittman on another show, but he's a kid from Wayne State who played 17 defensive snaps the last week, 18 on special teams. They like him for a reason, oh. so you, you never know. And a fun story, too, to see him get to play for his hometown team. It's about time. And speaking of rookies, I think obviously this is going to be a huge offseason for Lions. They've got it the is. number three overall pick. We'll see if they stay there. But that's a guy that you expect to be an instant game-changing guy, whatever side of the ball he goes to. Now you've got two picks in the, what, the top 35, 35 now. Yeah. And so you expect those guys to be playmakers. And so when you're talking about rookies, look, the Lions are going to have – you know, their pick of a top three type guy who's impact. And so it, I think it changes this whole offseason. It's a little bit different, you know, than drafting 16, 17, 20, 21, whatever it is. Now, they totally were eight different. last year, but even that's a little bit different. You can automatically wipe five, six guys off that you don't even evaluate. Right. And so it's different this year. Now Bob Quinn and his staff, Matt Patricia, they have to evaluate everybody because I think everybody might ultimately be, you know, be, be in line there at number three. And here's the million-dollar questions. Offense, defense, trade. We'll tell you right here. Just stay with us. <laughs> <laughs> it might be a few months before we know the answer to that question, but it will certainly be an exciting few months because the Lions do have that number three pick, and we will have all the coverage of what they decide to do with it. And, of course, the rookie class for 2020. That's coming up ahead as well. Thank you guys so much for tuning in to our season review of the 2019 season. Remember, we don't go anywhere. We've got plenty of coverage of the offseason as it continues.